tuning in to episode 37. You guys, welcome back. Happy New Year. I hope everybody is doing well. I'm so, so sorry that I took a break from you guys and I can't wait to get into that a little bit more on a later episode, but I'm happy to be back, y'all. I miss you guys. I could not wait to return and share um, some good interviews with you guys, some good conversations with you guys. So here we go. I'm so excited for 2020 and everything I want to do with the podcast. I was just talking to a friend of mine on Sunday and just telling her how I'm so grateful that I launched the podcast last year in 2019, but I didn't even touch the surface of like what I want to do and things I want to accomplish and all these things. Like I was so pregnant, (laughs) I feel like all year and essentially I was. So now I'm just really ready to like hit the ground running and just do so much. So I'm so excited for y'all riding with me, but y'all it's about to get even bigger, even better. And I'm excited about that. So I'm going to get right into the episode. Um, because so let me just say this now moving forward this year, starting, uh, next week, this will be the first episode where it's just an interview, but next week I'll do my interview and then I'll do a separate episode that will just be me sharing from my heart, sharing anything I may be, um, working through or wanting to talk through as well as talking about the interview and maybe some takeaways that I got from the interview that, uh, we can kind of share upon. Maybe at that point I will have some feedback from you guys from the interview, So I want to have like a little bit more back and forth dialogue and not feel like I have to cram everything into this one episode that is already so packed because of the interviews that I do. So that's something I'm really, really happy about, y'all. I hope y'all will enjoy that as much as I'm going to enjoy it. Um, But that's coming soon. So now I'm going to get right into the episode. I'm going to get right into my Hey Girl. My very first Hey Girl of 2020 goes to my girl, Nikki Hugh who is a beautiful, beautiful friend of mine that got engaged over the ho- over the holiday season. And y'all, I'm this is like a union that I'm so excited about. Shout out to Nikki. Shout out to Tariq, who is her now fiance. I cannot wait for this wedding. I'm so happy. Uh, if you know her, if you don't, I'm going to make sure to tag her. Go ahead and send her some love. Send her some congratulations because she's getting married and I'm so, so happy. So that's my very first Hey Girl. Hey Girl, Miss Nikki Hugh. Shout out to you and your love. Um... Okay, so y'all, let's get into this episode. I recorded this episode a few weeks ago, and I cannot wait to share it with you guys. Um, Even on my break, I was like, I can't wait to share this interview because it was so good. I got to sit down with the beautiful Deidre Greathouse, who I already knew she was amazing. Um, Comes from the group Anointed. That was a huge part of my upbringing. Uh, Is one of the main worship leaders at Lakewood Church, which is one of the largest churches in the world. I want to say it is the largest church single campus in the world, but do not quote me. I think we talk about that in the interview, but, um, man, she has so many just nuggets that she dropped on me. So much wisdom, such a beautiful person, so many stories of like miracles, just her life, her story, her testimony, her knowledge was amazing. And I know you guys are going to enjoy this episode, so I'm going to get right into it. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more next week together. But y'all, I hope y'all enjoy this episode as much as I did. Here is Miss Deidre Greathouse. I start all my episodes saying, hey girl, hey. I know. 
Hey, girl, hey. Look at you. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. You are like my all-time favorite person in the world. I'm so excited to have you. <laughs> That's so I funny. I can't believe you're doing the podcast. Like, I'm just so honored. I'm honored you'd ask. Oh, my goodness. Please. I've been wanting you forever. Like, when when my, when my Crystal mentioned you first, I was like, <laughs> I wanted her on. And then Myra mentioned you. I'm like, I got to have this. <laughs> I don't know so what's y'all going go back on. y'all go to Myra Alvarez and Crystal McConaughey's episodes because they both had beautiful things. They both had the, about the same thing. So that's how you know that really? you are consistent, which we're going to get into that because it has more to do with ministry. But oh, wow. I want to start off by talking about your childhood, your upbringing, yeah. because I feel like a lot of people may not know exactly where you came from, your history, your church history, mm-hmm. and how you kind of got into the music world. Well, I was born into church. You know, my parents, I think when I was about three years old, we went to a Baptist church mm-hmm. and that's where my mom said I sang my very first solo with the senior choir I was three so they had to stand me up on a a table because I was just so tiny you know (laughs) I'm still not that very tall but the thing is people always you know shock when they see me off stage like wow you're a lot shorter than I imagined (laughs) you look so much taller up there I'm like I am much taller up there I got (laughs) the stage is 100 feet high and And I got on six inches yes you do so anyways I was short and they stood me on the table um, so I've been singing, you know, just since I was three is yeah. what I was told. And then my mom moved to an apostolic church. Okay. So the PAW. Shout out to PAW. Shout out, out PAW. apostolic <laughs> <laughs> Pentecostal assemblies of the yes. world and Thai tribute and, yeah. and, you know, and commission and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like Fred, all of us, you know, in that same organization. But we grew up there and... I think probably the most impactful thing mm-hmm. was the fact that my father, who we jokingly call Joe Jackson, uh-huh. right, <laughs> started making us rehearse every Friday night from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Oh, my goodness. And we were like, you know, four or five, like five, six wow. years old. And this is you and your brother, Steve. Mm-hmm. And what, do you have other siblings that were singing also or just y'all two? Not at that time. Okay. It was just us and my dad. Wow. So... Uh, those rehearsals were the most intense. Yeah. Extremely, you know, <laughs> disciplined. And you know, was he rehearsing y'all to have a group, or did he just feel like y'all had something special? So let's see what happens. Like, what that was, was his it. idea? He just said that he noticed that we could sing. Yeah. And just wanted to cultivate it. Wow. He had no idea that we'd end up yeah. being who we are now. Yeah. Because I asked him, I wondered, I said, Dad, did you know that at the time? He said, no. Wow. I just said, hey, they can sing. Let's just get in the basement. Let's. Mm. He he had a rule in his car. If you got in his car and music's playing all the time, you could not sing in unison. You had to find your part. Wow. You had to sing your part. You couldn't sing anyone else's part the whole ride. Oh, my like, goodness. It's like, stay off my part. But that's kind of how we learned about harmony. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, but he he was very very strict. Like mm. today, if we were running rehearsals the way my dad, they'd be gonna call the police. It would, it would be abusive. <laughs> it would be straight up abusive. Oh so gosh. that's the kind of household I grew up in. Yeah, my mom, very you know strong spiritual woman of God. Didn't listen to secular music. Okay. Didn't allow us to listen to any secular mm. music because you know, you, you know, with the PW going yeah, to hell for that, right? right? That wasn't an option. Yes. But in my dad's car is where we heard everything else. Okay. <laughs> so y'all got like sorry, the dad. Both worlds musically though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and my parents, I can see now 
My parents are divorced, but I can see now why God used them both. Yeah. Because the purpose he had designed for my life was music ministry. Yeah. So I got the ministry from my mom. Yes. And the music from my dad. Wow. The combination, his intensity about being great musically and my mom's intensity about making sure you live the life you were singing Mm. about. The combination of the two is the reason why I'm the way I am. Oh, my goodness. That is so amazing that God put that together in that way. And let me say this for people who because I told someone that it is my belief that God is more concerned Mm -hmm about you having what you need when you get here to fulfill your purpose yeah. then he is concerned about how you got here Ooh. so for people who feel like they were a mistake mm. or they feel like they were born out of wedlock or perhaps their their mother was raped yeah. or perhaps the circumstances of their birth is very controversial we have family secrets mm. you know and molestations and all that none of that matters in the grand scheme of your purpose and design. If you get here, it's because God wants you here. And whatever you need in your DNA and in your makeup is what you need to fulfill your purpose in life. You're preaching already, Deidre. That is good. That Mm -hmm. is so, so good. Okay, so, (laughs) girl, you got my eyes watering up. That was really powerful. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you grow up in that world. You're singing with your brother yeah. how do you get from that point to anointed okay so we had a family group because okay. eventually you know they're gonna hear about oh these know. kids singing yeah yeah <laughs> so we ended up being like my mom ended up having to manage us oh. we were booked like a year out because we were singing everywhere yeah, and this was this in houston i'm sorry columbus ohio Ohio. We're going okay, to columbus okay. ohio okay. uh all four seasons there right yes. so man winners walking to school in snow, just the whole experience. But you know, you've been up north. But so growing up in that environment, um, just where we were singing all over in every church, we've singing just about every church in, in the city and surrounding cities in the state of Ohio. When we were kids, Uh by the time we were 12, we had full on anniversary concerts, horn sections, bands, BGVs, the whole. What was y'all's name back then? The Crawford Family Singers. Oh, yeah. You know, what else? Well, then we went from that to singing in the teenage choir. Okay. Now, for me right now, I'm so excited about Kanye's project because he's, you know, they're doing songs that. You know, the Sunday service, they're doing songs that we sang right. in the teenage choir, yes. you know, like yeah. Revelations 19.1, uh, you know, how excellent is thy name yeah. and all that stuff. Man, that's what we sang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was fun. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. It was back then. Yeah. It's right. a lot. I've been thinking about starting a choir just because there's so much as a singer that you learn in an environment yes, like that's that, true. That's that, absolutely a, true. that a generation of, of kids is missing it. They're missing it. And people didn't realize how valuable the nurturing in a choir setting is until, you know, you, you look up and you're like, man, they're good, but something's missing. Yes. That is so true. Do it. Start the choir. Yeah, I know. I know. I got some things, you know, in, you know, under, under planning right now, just nothing huge, just really just cause I'm thinking about the kids and I'm thinking about what I feel like they're missing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, so we went from the Crawford family singers, you know, being really well known all over the city. Yeah. To my mom having to, you know, handle our bookings because wow. it just got so out of control. Yeah. Let me tell you this. On Friday nights, if we had an event, which is, 
you know, pretty normal. Yeah. Afterwards, we'd still be in that basement. Oh, practicing. Yes. Wow. Until 2 or 3 a.m. My parents got into fights over that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that is great, but that, that worked, though. Girl, I'm still in rehearsals. I'm in at least four rehearsals a week. <laughs> oh, my goodness. To this very day. So it was great training. Yeah. You know, we couldn't see it then. Yeah. But And we did love it. Yeah. And we endured the hardship, but we still loved it at the same time. Yeah. So, anyways, we, goes from, we go from the Crawford Family Singers okay. to the Teenage Choir. Yeah. And from the Teenage Choir... We start anointed. Okay. So that was the progression. Okay. And anointed was you and Steve, and then it was one other person? It was me and Steve. Uh-huh. Okay. Here's the story. I was at a Winans concert. Okay. I was, um, they came every fall. Okay. Uh, to Ohio State University. And I was there, um, and during the altar call, while Marvin was singing, the Lord spoke to me and said, start a group. Mm. So I was like, okay, Wow. So as soon as they dismissed and we're about to leave, I said, God said, I need to start a group. You in? (laughs) My brother (laughs) was like, yeah. And then Niecy, Walls, Uh people know Niecy, was sitting a few rows ahead of us. She also was in the teenage choir. Yeah. So we knew her. We were all singing around. And she came back to me. And as soon as I said, are you thinking what I'm thinking? She said, we have to start a group. So that's how that happened. Okay. And then Steve went to church camp. You know, we had like, church camp in the summers yes. <laughs> and that's where he met Mary oh. and so we all became the group anointed yes wow did, what camp did he go to I just want to make sure what in the camp you know in Chillicothe to. you know Zanesville Zanesville Ohio. TM Youth Camp <laughs> I used to go to TM Youth Camp did you yes I love the Harris family and all that oh, that's so oh my god! Like, I feel like it was my church camp but I okay know. anyway I love y'all even more right now <laughs> I got to wait. So yeah. Okay. So that's kind of how anointed yeah. started. Just the initial started. Yeah. And I said, okay. And then we just started rehearsing every Friday night. Yeah. See the progression. See, I knew you already knew about the rehearsal that we needed to rehearse Yes. on Friday night. Yeah. Right. So it's so funny because God will have you in a season mm. in your life where you're doing certain things. Yeah. And I call it the wax on wax off season. Okay. In the Karate Kid movie, when he wants to learn how to fight, the first thing he starts teaching him how to do is like clean and wax on and wax wax a car, yeah. clean up around the house. But he's really training him yes. in movement yeah. and in pattern and mm. in direction in order to be able to fight later. But he didn't realize it at the time. Yeah, And I call that the wax on, wax off season. So when my father had us in the basement every mm. Friday night yeah. and the way that we would rehearse, how he made us, how he made us go through a song how he made us stop if we ever messed up and go all the way to the beginning yeah. how he made us not not stop and move on until we nailed it yeah. from top to bottom yeah. how he talked about blend how he talked about dynamics mm. how he taught us how to build a song not just come out yelling yeah. but how to tell the story of the song oh what goodness. mattered most all those things yeah. we're thinking okay we're just obeying our dad now no. fast forward God says start a group what do I know to do you know. ooh I need to, we need to rehearse every Friday night. We need to go over these songs. Like, oh, we need to work on our diet. You yes. see it? Yes. It's the progression. Wow. Never skip a season because yeah. it's uncomfortable. Oh, you are really preaching it here. That is so good. Because whatever you do, if you're uncomfortable, just ask God, what do I need from to this? glean yes. from this? Yes. 
what am I supposed to take from this where I am? Yeah. Because I can assure you that there is something that God is trying to add to your skill level. He's trying to bring something out of you, mm. trying to take something out, trying to add to. Yeah. But God is always about progression. You're going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Yeah. God is a God of expansion. He wants to enlarge your territory. But that enlargement involves a process. Yeah. And don't try to skip the process. Yeah. Just stay with God every step of the way. Mm. Gather and learn what you need to learn in each step, yeah. in each stage, and you'll be able to use that with where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're so good. I just don't want, I just want to just go to the next points and I'm not even ready, but <laughs> you're going, you going there already. Okay, so Anointed is this amazing group that everybody still loves. I was listening to them last night. <laughs> last <laughs> night. Right. Listen, like, like, I know, right. Just, just sing it a little bit more. Like, no. That song is so good. But, um, the okay, record so, company hated that song, by the way. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I was listening like this song is still good, right? Yeah, now, our today, very first, gra- our very first Grammy nomination came from that record, right? Okay, yeah. so I have so many stories, yeah. but um, this is but this is one them. of my best. Okay, I mean one of my favorites, I should say, is um, the theme for GMA uh-huh. that year was the call. Yeah, they asked us um, how to you know if we had any songs about that thing. We're okay. like, nope. So, well, you'll be here in a few weeks, so can you write something? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, we got in the basement on a Friday night. You know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. We all, you know, I think I think Mary came up with an idea for the hook, and then we, we said, okay, well, let's start the verses, and Steve was like, I got an idea for the bridge. Yeah. So, we always came together with Came that. together, and, you know, we co-wrote. And so... <laughs> We recorded it, you know, and sent it to them. They hated it. Really? Mm-hmm. And then they asked us to rewrite it, you know, because we, when we sign a record deal, we simultaneously signed a publishing deal. Okay. So when we would write our songs, the publisher would just take out our lyrics and go, rewrite that okay. lyric. That word needs to be changed. This could be stronger. It's like your English teacher marking up your English paper and pointing out all the errors and handing it back to you. That was stressful, I'm sure. Yes. Because we grew up in the black church. You just wrote whatever came to right. you. Right. Now, all of a sudden, you got somebody judging it, critiquing it, yeah. telling you, this is not good enough. Yeah. This could be better. This could be stronger. I appreciate it now. But at the time, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. But we stuck with the process. Yes. Really? Back to your And that always helps. Mm-hmm. So they hated it, told us to change it and rewrite it. Mm. So we showed up in Nashville two weeks later without changing it at all. Mm. Call it youthful defiance. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess I'd call it youthful defiance. Yeah. Because we were like, no, that's what God gave us. Yeah. So we show up to rehearse. The record company doesn't know we didn't change it. Mm. We didn't bother to tell them. Yeah. We showed up to rehearse. We had to sing on the General Jackson boat for GMA that week. And <laughs> we were trying to tell the band how to play it. Yeah. And they couldn't figure it out. The, the keyboard player couldn't figure it out. So he, he's like, you know, he's like, I said, no, you play, uh, it was on a day like, no, you hit here. Uh-huh. One, and da, 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 you, and he just said, no top 40 hit ever starts on the end. You cannot start singing on the end. Oh no hit <laughs> song starts on the end. Storms out. And so the organ player and a uh, film Adira mm. and, 
the bass player and drummer's like, y'all sing it for us. We'll, we'll play it. Mm. So by the time the MD came back, <laughs> they figured it out. Yeah. We performed it. Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith mm. were the hosts yeah. that night. I remember, I want to say, oh gosh, what's her name? Oh, my girl, Helen Baylor, you okay. know, yeah. she was singing that mm. night. I, we walked in her sound check. I was wanting to cry. Mm. I heard a praying grandmother. Yes. That's what I remember. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. But anyways, so we sang, we started the acapella part, you know, from the back yeah. of the room. Uh-huh. So people were turning around like, where are they And we walked up the aisles yeah. singing and then started, you know, the track starts. Y'all have heard it. Yes. And that night, we got a standing ovation, and Michael and Amy were like, oh, gosh, everybody, we're watching history. These are the next, these are the kids to watch, you know. And we owe a lot to to Smitty, actually, Mm. because he, uh, Michael W. Smith, is the one who really got behind us and championed us. And Amy recorded promotional spots on our singles. Wow. To radio saying, hey, this is Amy Grant. Please play my friend's anoint. Like, oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes, they completely. And it was because of that song that night made such an impact on them. You know, the anointing in the yes. room. There, there's a lot of talk about relevance and what's hip, what's cool, mm-hmm. what's hot, what's not. And I had a conversation with God in prayer one day and I said, God, so does the anointing matter or just being relevant? Mm. And he said, the anointing will always be relevant. Yes, that's so true. That was his response to me. Wow. So I understood that no matter what you're doing, if you're anointed, you will always be relevant. That's right. That's right. (laughs) It's not. It goes hand in hand. It was the oil. It was the room shift Mm. that had everybody like, whoo. It wasn't just voices. Yeah. It's always more than that. Right. To impact people's lives. You can have a great voice, but the thing that gives people chills, Mm -hmm. that's the Holy Spirit. That's his manifest presence. That's the thing that, that, and that intangible thing that affects people in such a way yeah. that it it kickstarted Anointed's career, really just shot us in high gear. Yeah. Now, while we're in this topic, I just want to hear from you because you're so uh, engulfed in that world. What do you feel about like the whole Kirk Franklin and GMA? Like, do you feel like we can make progress in that area? Are we close to making progress with the diversity or do you know about that story? And of course. That? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I know Kirk. Um, you know, I know I also know Jackie, okay. who is the head of GMA, Jackie Patillo, okay. who is a black woman mm-hmm. as well. Um, and over the, as she as long as Jackie has been um, the president of GMA, you, when you look at the award show, you see an incredible display of diversity. Yeah. Just think about it. Mm-hmm. You'll see Southern gospel. Yeah. You'll see hip hop. Mm-hmm. You'll see gospel. You'll see CCM artists. Yeah. It has gotten better in that way for sure. It's extremely diverse. Yeah. And I would credit a lot of that to Jackie's okay. leadership okay. for sure. And so I've having stated that she's not the only person that makes up the entire GMA experience. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we experienced 
our racism and things like that with, you know, radio DJs that said, man, they repented to us later okay. when once they heard us live and that thing happened in the room, the room shifted. Yes. They're like, woo, yeah. they felt the presence of God. And that's when they repented to us and said, we weren't going to play you because you were black. Mm. And I repent. I'm so sorry. I'm going to play you from now on. So we, you know, it, he's not making it up. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Because some people think he's overreacting. No, no, no. It exists. It's real, yeah. It's real. Yeah. Do I think we've made progress? In some ways, yes. Mm-hmm. In other ways, no. Yeah. And of course, I'm always going to support support Kirk. I've known Kirk for so long, like yeah. before he became really, really popular. We we're just joking about that when he came to town. Yeah, and I was like, and then you just you just took off, man. You just left us in the dust. It was awesome. <laughs> so we were so happy for him. But yeah. I feel like there's there's been progress, but we can always get better. Yeah, for sure. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. That's hopeful to hear from you, for sure. <laughs> so anointed, I don't want to spend too much time on anointed. So let's segue into the next phase of your life. So from anointed, was that transition straight into being um, one of the worship leaders of Lakewood or was there a little bit more time in between that? Yeah, so, uh, okay, so after anointed, uh, we when well, we had just finished our, our deal on Columbia, we did like a one record deal on Columbia Records. Okay. And I was pregnant. Okay. <laughs> And we were praying. It's like, Lord, what do we do next? Yeah. What do we do next? So we got together with a prophet mm. for prayer. And we've always done this. Okay. So I, sidebar, yeah. a lot of times people want to know how people get to where they're going. Yeah. But what they don't see is all the time they're spending in prayer. Mm. You don't see that a lot of times they're seeking God for direction yeah. and for God to open up doors. And so that's what we were doing. So we prayed and the prophet said, I see you going back and forth to this place. It's a warmer climate than where you are now. I see television cameras, a Caucasian man standing up front. The audience looks very diverse, like a lot of different nationalities I see you going back and forth, back and forth to the same, the same place, which the same place was key because in the artist, we were always going to different places. Right, right, right. She said, no, 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 you're going to the same place. And then eventually I see you shipping your things there. Mm. And we were like, wow. And I think like a few weeks later, Lakewood called us. Wow. And you just knew, obviously, that was God, and mm-hmm. it was no question. Yeah, we were like, "Oh, this was this is what God was talking about." Yeah, and that was just you and Steve, mm-hmm. the other members of an they had, had left already by transitioned then. by then. Yeah, wow. And now you have one of the largest ministries in the country, still to date, in the, the world, largest single campus of, in the world. Yeah, and this is what I want to get into because I love Lakewood. I was born in Lakewood, like you know, my really? mom is still yeah. there, Aww. but um, I transitioned into the PAW when I was like 11. Me and my brother yeah. got saved under my aunt and uncle's church so then we went to be PAW so like, <laughs> we can't go back to Lakewood but I always love Lakewood still to this day. Um, but everyone that I spoke to about you specifically and the mentions for, on the podcast were how much you taught them not about just singing but about being so ministry minded. Mm. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like what is it that you're pouring into your team? Because it's so, it's so impactful because the two people specifically like Crystal, Myra those are people who can sing their butts off right yes they're but amazing are such people of like they're they're about the people they care about you they're not just mm-hmm. about singing they want to like import into people's lives and they got that from you they say 
So talk about that. Like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you putting in the people? What I think is most important is that not only with children, but with everyone, more is caught than taught. Yeah. So I think that most of what they caught was just what they saw. Mm. So they're just duplicating what I was doing. Yeah. I think sometimes people think that as if you're a leader, that the most important thing is for you to just teach it, Mm -hmm. to tell them what to do. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is to be what you're teaching them to be. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. And just by being around you, they absorb it. Mm. Right. So that's the first thing I would say is we were always checking in on them. We were always caring for them. We were never just treating them like they didn't matter. Mm -hmm. It was important that the team felt pastored. Yeah. Right. So that's the first thing. Second thing is definitely teaching them Mm -hmm. about what it really means to be a worshiper and what it really means to be a worship leader. Right now I'm the worship foundations uh, director as well at the church. So I teach a worship foundations class every Tuesday. I created a curriculum for them the first semester. Yes, they have an exam coming up for the first (laughs) semester, but the, um, the first semester we go through um the old testament worship where it originated the outer court inner court the holy of holies everything in it what the symbolisms were why the materials were used Mm. and what god was saying in each and every segment in the journey along the way for the priest to worship when jesus came what did that do? How did that make it? And thank God he did, because I would be the worst at trying to find some animals (laughs) to trying to be like, find specific. I can't even imagine like, and then putting my hand on the, on this poor sweet animal. I'm going, yes, now I'm transferring all of my sins onto you. You take my punishment and go. Right. And then it's just such a bloody mess. Being a priest was, was hard work. It was smelly. It was, you know, intense, yeah. but, but God was very specific about the order of worship yeah. and the process. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, I want people to worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. That helps them to not worship in spirit and in error. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's possible. Yeah. How is that possible? It's just look at the Jim Jones situation. Yeah. They were worshiping in a spirit. Mm hmm. But in error, right? right? So it was false doctrine, false teaching. Mm-hmm. But how in the world were they able to be misled? Yeah. Right? Because I think those people were very sincere. Mm-hmm. They thought they were following the man For of God. Sure. yeah. They thought they got, that that was really what God was calling them to. Yeah. But this is the, the, the importance of being rooted and grounded in the word of God. Mm-hmm. See, when you know what the word says for yourself, then no one can lead you astray. Yeah. Right. So we teach them, you need to know the word yeah. yourself. You need to be like the church of Berea. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when they would come and speak, they would go home and check behind mm. what they just heard. Say, wait, is that, can I find that in right, here? Right, can right. I find it in here? Yeah. And that's how they know. So number one, be what you were telling them they need to be. First of all, demonstrate that Mm -hmm. consistently. Number two, teach them what worship is. That's like a whole year course for me. And, um, teach them the importance of the word and understanding the word so that they can 
worship in spirit and in truth. And I think the third thing would be that we just demonstrate love to them mm-hmm. and genuine concern yeah. and care, mm-hmm. I think. But that's so good because some people don't do that at all. Like so many, so many musicians and singers are just treated like that. Like you're just a musician, you're just a singer. But you are doing something different and it's beautiful. You said just a musician. So I just want to say something yeah. about that. I've seen people treat musicians really poorly. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where it originated that a musician is seen less than the person who's singing up front. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I don't think people realize how many hours musicians put in behind the scenes with tracks and tracking and stems and arrangements and all of that to make sure Ableton is running well. And all of that, they don't see it. All they see is the person up front. Yeah. So I've always tried to make sure that any musician that's ever played for me knows that I really appreciate them. Yeah. And that I know, I know what it takes. Yeah. For them to be great. Yeah. And the truth is, the people's experience in worship is the totality of what's going on. It's yeah. not just me leading. Right. It's what the band is playing. It's what the singers are singing. Sure. It's what everybody's doing. Yeah. That creates that experience. Yeah. So thank you for that. Cause I can attest to that. Cause Jesse has played for you and you are yeah. so sweet, kind, always appreciative. So thank I'm you very, for being thanks amazing. for letting me play for me. Yeah. Anytime, <laughs> you can <borrow> me anytime. <laughs> um, okay. I, I will get off Lakewood in a second, but Lakewood is an amazing ministry, but it's such a large ministry. Yeah, it so is. So how do you get uh, deal with like that, that large stage, like not ever getting into like a diva mode or not ever. And you spoke a lot to that now already, but mm-hmm. do you ever struggle with like, that where people look at you and you're way up here and how do you bring yourself down? Do you ever have to do that? Mm, Or is it just you? Well, I think the first thing is, you know, Lakewood is not the biggest stage we've ever sung on. So before we'd already, we'd already, already yeah. yeah, we'd already toured in arenas all over the country multiple times before we ever got to Lakewood. So by the time we got there, we were like, oh, so this is their church. Okay. So the size was not intimidating to us. I mean, it's, it was just our, it was normal. Yeah. We've done small churches, storefront churches, medium sized (laughs) churches, stadiums. We've done it all. Yeah. But I think being a Christian first. Yeah. Is what, helps you remain humble yeah because you can't be a christian and get out of line like that in the holy spirit not check you quickly right right right, right. you know so i think just having a, a relationship with the lord communing with the lord like praying as well as reading the word and applying the word of god to yeah. your life yeah really making an effort to be the best believer, the best Christ follower that you can, that none of that includes being 
arrogant or thinking that you're all that. Right. You know, as a matter of fact, in Proverbs, it says specifically that six things, seven, no, seven things does the Lord, six things does the Lord hate, seven are an abomination to him. Mm. So I can't remember, it was when six or seven is reversed, one of them. But the very first thing it mentions is a proud look, pride or arrogance mm. as one of the things that God hates. Yeah. So having seen those scriptures at a very young age yeah. is it's there. You put it in you that even if the inkling of, oh, wow, I killed that comes up. The scripture that's already in you immediately yeah, pulls it, it down. It. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. Wow. I love that. <laughs> I sat behind you and your family and, and I want to get to your family a little bit um, at Aaron Lindsay's worship night. And <gasps> I, like I was oh, trying to worship. I really was yeah. worshiping the Lord and like. It was a beautiful night, but I was First so of all, distracted. how amazing was it? Oh my God. It was so amazing. Shout out to my brother, Aaron, because you did that. That was, an you amazing did that. Night, and we need more nights like that. Yes. Um, but I was distracted by your family's worship. Oh, and, wow. I mean, that's a beautiful thing to be distracted by. Right. But I'm like, man, I need to be worshiping. But like, look at this. Like I went home and told oh. Madison, cause your son, you have a, how old is I have your youngest two boys. son? He's yeah. 13. 13. Now. And then you have your beautiful my, big my boy that's just going to college. Um, everybody was worshiping, like oh. on their knees, worshiping, crying out to God, worshiping. At one point, like your son, like touched you while you were worshiping. I I mean, I'm just like going through all this, like <laughs> I'm, I'm pregnant. So I'm like, oh my God. Oh, extra emotional. <laughs> but like, and I know you probably just lived that life in front of them. But like in this world that we're growing up in, where it's so scary raising kids, it like is. How, how speaks to parents in regards to just raising up like worshipers. People have mentioned that to me before when they've seen my kids worshiping, you know, in a setting like that. We went to um, a really good friend of mine. His name is William McDowell. People mm-hmm. know him, Pastor Will. So we went to Disney World and we're like, I, I text him and said, hey, we're going to stop by <laughs> the presence night while we're here in Orlando, yeah. you know, and. Oh, so powerful mm. at his church. So powerful, deeper fellowship. Okay. So if you're ever in Orlando, you have to go. Yeah. But um, he was having his presence night on, I think, the first Tuesday of the month. And thank you, Jesus, we were there. Yeah. So we went and they worshiped from like three, five, six hours, you mm. know, that's normal. Wow. And they're seeing miracle after miracle there. And my kids, like Evan, was like under the chair the mm. whole time. And then eventually one of the prophets at the church called us up. And so we went up to the stage and they laid hands on my boys and my husband. And they mm. all were slain in the spirit. That's the first time my children mm. had ever experienced that. Yeah. But it was important for me to make sure that they had that kind of spiritual encounter yeah. and awakening. So as a mother... I'm always thinking, how can I expose my children to the move of God? Mm. Because my goal is to make sure that they're so familiar with that, that when there's a counterfeit environment and atmosphere, they'll be able to tell the difference. So I think the most important thing is exposure getting your kids in an environment where the spirit of God is moving like that so that they know what's possible. The seed of God is in them already. And being in an an environment like that just awakens it. So that's my job. And when we got up there and I was watching my, my boys and my husband all just slain in the spirit on the floor, pastor will looked at me and he said, this is the fruit of your intercession. Wow. So the second thing is I spent, 
spend a lot of time praying for them. Yeah. Praying that they will have a great prayer life. And listen, my boys can pray. Mm. Man, Evan will pray the white paint off these walls. But he told me that I have a prayer room in my house. So I didn't know this. He just told me this this year. He said, Mom, do you know that when you would would be in the prayer room in the mornings at like 4 in the morning, I would come and lay at the bottom of the door. I was right outside the door. Oh, my goodness listening to you pray I had no idea wow oh that just brings tears to my eyes that is so beautiful I had no idea that he was on the other side of that door yeah so it's important if you're gonna tell your kids that they need to pray yeah. then you need to pray you have to do it in front of them wow. let them see you praying yeah let them hear you praying I didn't that was just that's just my lifestyle yeah and they they absorb that that becomes important what's important to you becomes important to them yeah 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 wow you're such a beautiful mother and a beautiful wife how does your husband deal with being married to um like someone in such a limelight <laughs> i'm sure you like at home like it ain't no it's ain't no thing no big deal but he seems to handle it so well too like He's y'all are such a beautiful family how how have y'all navigated that so well in your opinion <sighs> i i Maybe it's because I'm just such a normal person. Yeah, you are super cool. But. I'm like, I mean, I'm like, I'm just normal. Yeah. I'm just his wife. Right, right, you right. You know, we're friends. Yeah. Um, what's interesting is I met my husband um, the night. Our first date, I'll say this, our very first date mm-hmm. was the night that Anointed got discovered. Oh, wow. So that all happened at the same time. Okay. So he's been around from the beginning yeah oh so y'all grew up together in that he's from transition. ohio from columbus yeah. ohio yeah wow mm-hmm. and he was he always on board like when it was time to move to houston he had heard that same word or he just was in agreement with you no to- he wasn't happy to move to houston oh, no. but he was very much on board with moving to nashville okay because we just got married okay and we we Oh gosh, when we got married, I lived in Nashville and he was still in Ohio. Okay. For the first eight months, we didn't even live together. Oh, wow. Because he kept trying to find a job in Nashville. Yeah. And it took that long. I don't recommend that for anybody, but God bless us. Yeah. And he wasn't exactly happy about moving to Houston. Yeah. But great story. Yeah. When they flew us down here to meet us and to meet our families, Mm -hmm. because listen, you're not going to get in such a prominent position in yeah. invisible position without them really doing their homework yeah. and knowing who you are yeah. and where you come from, which is so important. Yeah, it is. I'm sure they did all the background checks they could find yeah. on us. They call, I heard they called around to other churches around the country where we've been oh, wow. to ask about how we were as people. Yeah. They didn't care about the talent. Yeah. They cared more about our character. Yeah. They want to know. Absolutely. That kind of stuff. So when they met our families, we were in this meeting with the executive director and Dr. Paul Osteen and all of them. Yeah. And the executive director at the time of the ministry said, I just feel like I need to make this statement right now and let you all know we're not hiring family members. So this is specifically, you know, <laughs> the offer is to anoint it, you know, you and, and you and your brother, but we're not hiring any family members okay. just want to be clear and put yeah. that out there okay and we were like okay okay yeah. and the lord said they're going to hire your husband mm. so when we walked out the meeting i said babe they're going to hire you and he said 
Didn't you hear what that man said? Yeah. He said they're not hiring family members. And I could feel his frustration mm-hmm. with trying to figure out what am I going to do yeah. if we move here. And I said, I don't care what he said. Yeah. God said they're going to hire you too. Wow. And when we got back to Nashville, we got a phone call from Dr. Paul's assistant, mm. Simone, saying that they wanted to fly Mark back down Wow! because of something he said in the meeting mm. that they couldn't shake. Mm. And they hired him too. Wow. That is amazing. I didn't even know that part of the story. The point of the story yeah. is <laughs> it does not matter mm. what people say. Yeah. It does not matter how things normally go. Right. When God says it's going to be a certain way, then the way will change and adhere to the way he's going. Yes. Right. Wow. My husband did not believe me, but I still knew what I knew and I knew God's voice. I know when he's speaking to me and he was very clear about that. Mm. So here we are. He's on the second floor. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And how many years have y'all been here? How long has that been? We've been here for 13 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. So your baby was born here. You were pregnant when you were doing that transition. Oh my goodness. Eight months pregnant when they first called us. Wow. I was like, can y'all hurry this up? (laughs) I know how that eight months feels. (laughs) Lord. That is beautiful. Every part of your story is just such a testament of God's like just ordering your steps. So like it sounds so perfectly and beautifully. No, That's what God does. It's been filled it's been, with I'm ups sorry, and downs I'm and tests and trials. Let's talk a little bit about <laughs> tests and trials. I know you went through some health challenges at some point. Yeah, um, several. What was? Can you speak a little bit about that? Which one? Yeah. I don't know where to begin. There's so many. Yeah, but wow. I will say that um, I'll try to hit several. Okay. Like, well, a couple. The first one, when they told me I wouldn't be able to have kids, because mm. a lot of people don't know that. Mm. Um, so I was on tour and I was like, something is just not right. I called the doctor. We, you know, he came in and he said, oh, this is simple. You're pregnant. And I said, no, I'm not. Yeah. They said, yes, you are. I said, I assure you I'm not. And then he started to get angry with me. Mm. He said, I've been practicing for such and such and such and yeah. such. I'm about to retire. I'm so great at this. I know a pregnancy and you're almost five months pregnant. And I said, sir, I assure you I am not pregnant Mm. and then this look of horror came over him Mm. and he said oh dear god if you're not pregnant then that is one of the largest tumors i have ever seen oh my god so they ordered tests the pregnancy test came back negative and he said oh my goodness we got to get you to the hospital so turns out i had these tumors that were so large Mm. They didn't, they said, we need to operate. But if we operate now, we're afraid that you'll bleed to death. Mm. So they put me, they gave me this shot of a drug called Lupron. Mm. And they said, this is very strong. We are hoping that it gives us any shrinkage because we need this to shrink at least a certain amount Mm -hmm. before we go in to remove it. Yeah. And they said, uh, and things look so bad, we don't really think you're going to be able to have kids. Which, to me, was like, I I hadn't thought about it at that point. I think everybody just assumed they'll be able to have children. Right, you don't think about you it. You don't think about it until you're in that yeah. stage. And I cried. I thought, whoa, man. Um, I had my moment. 
And then I went to what I know. Yeah. Prayer. Mm -hmm. And I said, all right, now it's time for me to roll up my sleeves and declare and pray. I was like, I don't care what they're declaring. I will have children. I had a dream that I had to, I had a a boy, a little boy in the dream. A big boy Mm -hmm. was running out this wood front door Uh being chased by a younger boy. So you knew you was having your kids. And I had two boys. Yeah, you do. Yes. One little one big. Yes. And they are like that. The little one picks at the big one. It's just like God showed me, <laughs> yeah. right? So you got to hang on to what God shows yeah. you. Yeah. No matter what the doctor's report says, mm-hmm. no matter what people say, no matter what they tell you because of their experiences, yeah. you got to hold on to what God gives you. So I held on to that dream yeah. and that vision. And we began to pray specifically these words. Mm-hmm. I curse this tumor at its root. Mm. Specifically those words. Mm-hmm. I was just learning the language of warfare okay. to add to my arsenal of prayer yeah. techniques and mm. tactics. That was the beginning. Mm. And I said, I just know I need to curse at its root. Mm. Every Tuesday we get together, pray. And I was like, I curse this thing at its root. I curse it. Mm. I curse it at its root. I commanded you dry up mm. and die mm. in Jesus name. So when we, they scheduled my surgery, went in came out and I said, how'd it go doc? And he said, well, I've never seen this before. Mm. I said, what happened? He said, well, when we cut you open, you have to understand tumors grow. Mm -hmm. They have a feeding source at its root. Yours was drawing nourishment at the root, Mm. but right there it has shriveled up Mm. and died and cut off all the blood flow and nourishment that was feeding it yeah. and then it died. So all I just had to do was clean out. Jeez. Oh my God. That is amazing. The next year I had my first son. Wow. Drops Mike. How do you just walk around life with all these stories? Like, Oh, there's more. And then, you know, about when they told me I never sing again, I think that's probably one, uh, like the thyroid, my thyroid, um, started to malfunction and I'll, do this really quickly and they told me it had to come out they Mm. didn't know how to stop it because it was in danger of blocking my windpipe Mm. and cutting off my breathing yeah so it had to come out they didn't know how to stop it and nobody wanted to do it Mm. surgeons turned me down i go home i'm going okay lord i'm going to do a a search for autolaryngologists i need you to show me who my surgeon is Mm thousands of doctors you ever do a google search on certain doctors it's like pages right but when i tell you it's like the holy ghost took a highlighter across that screen and Mm. said call this guy dr james nerdival at the vanderbilt voice clinic and i clicked on it and said that he had created this process by which he was able to reverse some vocal cord paralysis Mm. in some people and i said i want to be in his hands because if anything goes wrong then maybe he can reverse it yeah right so i called him Told him the story. Of course, he looked at me like, whoa, we don't see things like that here in America. And I was pregnant at the time Mm. and had just gotten the offer for to lead worship here. Like what all that was happening at the same time. Wow. I had I was about to have a baby. I had to move and was leading worship. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) That's nuts. Wow. So long story short, I had the surgery. And of course, two months later, I was on stage. Mm, 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 mm. Oh my goodness. Like, do you fast a lot? What, like, mm-hmm. okay, 
I, I'm like, I, I want to know like all of, all of your, because <laughs> you are, you just seem so in tune and that's something I feel like we all desire, especially mm-hmm. as women. Sometimes it's hard, like trying to juggle everything and staying so in tune. You want me to tell you the truth? Yes. I mean, I have craziness going on too in my life, but I've just been blessed to always know how to reach God. Yeah. I, I I was so blessed to grow. The one thing I appreciate about the PAW yeah. was the teaching of the word of God, the yeah. importance of applying what we read. So when I was young and I heard pray without ceasing, I was like, oh, well, then we should pray without ceasing. Yeah. Oh, we should walk in the spirit. Okay. When Jesus said, couldn't you just pray for one hour? I took it literally. It was like, oh, I need to pray for an hour. Now, some people are like, that's too religious. You don't need to pray for a whole hour. You can pray for five minutes. You can. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you from my experience. You need to let the Holy Spirit um, dictate the amount of time, not you. Yeah. And the reason for that is. You don't know what you're going to get into when you start praying. Mm. So it's always important to ask the Holy Spirit to lead the prayer. Yeah. Not you. Yeah. yeah. So when I get up in the morning and pray, I'm like, Holy Spirit, lead this prayer. Because mm. he the he knows the spirit of God knows the mind of God. So he knows what needs to be prayed for the day. Yeah. Right? He God knows what's about to happen that you don't know. Right, right, right. So it's important to not rely on your own intellect. Mm-hmm. You got to leave intellect out the door. Yeah. Well, don't. I'm not saying that you don't need to be intelligent, and you need to utilize all of your faculties. Mm-hmm. But you need to t- let the Holy Spirit take the lead. Yeah. Right. So developing a prayer life is key. Fasting, adding, there are just some things that don't break. Yeah. Unless you add fasting to it. Yeah. I challenge anybody to it. Yeah. It's just some things that just don't happen unless you add fasting. And the third thing, which is I'm very passionate about, is for people who have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes, I said it. Mm-hmm. You look at some of the most powerful people you know, you see them singing, you're like, whoa, they're so anointed. They're speaking in tongues before they even get up there. Yeah. But you never see it. Yeah. So I'm pulling the, I'm letting you see behind the curtain. These people that are so powerful and anointed, they're praying in the spirit. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> mm, I hope y'all hearing that people write yeah. it down, make notes. That's really, really good. Cause you are living it. You are like all these stories is just like proof after proof after proof. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. You're oh, I, we got so much I could talk to you about. I want to talk about your album. I want to talk about your podcast, Sure. but the story about your album and the funding for your album Crazy. is so amazing. So you got to share that story. I was up praying in my prayer room. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And the Lord told me, I want you to fast yeah. today, which is Tuesday, which is not my normal fast day. Okay. Because Wednesday is my normal fast day. Okay. He said, no, I need you to fast today, mm. Tuesday. He said, and follow my lead. And I said, okay. I don't know what this is about. Yeah. So I did. He said, just fast and just follow my lead. So I went about my day, went all the way to the church because we have rehearsals on Tuesdays. Okay. So I was up the street from the church it was around five or six o'clock, you know, before rehearsal. And the Lord said, break your fast and go to Smashburger. Mm. Um, the burger place? <laughs> For, I don't even go there. Yeah. But there, it was across the street somewhere. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Smashburger. Mm. I walk into Smashburger, order some of those veggie frites things they have. 
which I like. Oh, I should get some of those today. Uh-uh. <laughs> I haven't had those in a while. Sounds good. Like, yeah. And waiting for my meal, and the very next guy that walked in said, he looked at the menu, and then he saw me his peripheral vision and went, hey, mm. haven't I seen you singing over there at the Osteen Church? I said, yeah. He's got like a, he's got tight tattoos, you know, not a big black guy. He's yeah. just a smaller guy with a helmet under his, you know, motorcycle helmet yeah. under his arm. And I said, yeah, that's that's me. He goes, man, I, I sure do love your voice. What you doing? <laughs> I said, pray for me because I feel like God wants me to do a record. Now, during that time in my prayer time, yeah, I always have like a journal. So... I always write down what God tells me mm-hmm. in my prayer time. So a lot of people go into prayer and they do all the talking mm. and they never stop to listen. Mm. So I always teach people whenever you pray, you always need to build in time to get quiet and listen to a response. Yeah, It's a two way conversation. Yeah. So if you're prepared to write down what you hear, mm-hmm. God will give you something to write down. Mm, that's I, good. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So I I was just going through my normal routine of yeah. praying and listening and obeying the you know whatever God tells me. And so during that time, God was telling me, "Show me you're going to do record," mm. which was he'd have he had to push me into yeah. it because I would have never done it. Mm. Cause I never really saw myself as good enough to do a solo record. So that's crazy. I would have, I know <laughs> I never thought I was good enough to, so I was like, who's going to hear a record of me. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, but thank God for prayer because prayer pulls you out of yourself, yeah. pulls you out of your flesh, right? Yeah. Pulls you out of your limitations and pulls you up to God's expectations. Yeah. Right. That's the power and the beauty of prayer. Yeah. So I just said that, Cause that's what God was telling me at the time. I feel like I need the record. And he said, Oh, you need money. Wow. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> How do I answer this? Yes. That was his response. You need money. I'm going, Whoa, wait, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What? He goes, ah, oh, come sit down. I'll tell you about it. And he told me the story about how he just, there was a tragedy in his family and suddenly he came into all this money and he was just asking God, who could he bless? And he ran into me. Wow. He paid for your entire process. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he met with my attorney the next day. He said, how much do you need? Yeah, just get, and just wrote a check. Just left a check for me. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Th- is, does it does it scare you almost when God is like that? Like, or are you like used to it now? No, it scares me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't scare me to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. But when things follow through. That's what I'm saying. When, like, I, I, I. My, I was sick to my stomach yeah. when I picked up that check. I yeah. was like, it was overwhelming yeah. to me because yeah. that was the first time that somebody has done that. Mm. And, but I didn't know that it was just going to be the first of many wow. to come after that for people to just be like, Hey, how much you need for something? Just all Jesus. year this year, you know, people have been like, whoo, you sang that. Hey, how much do you should go record that? Here's some money, you know? Just for God, I mean, hey, God pays for what he orders. Yes. Oh, that's a blessing. And now we are blessed with your podcast. What in the world? What? How did that come about? Devotions with Deja. I was singing. 
I was <laughs> singing lead words. Yeah. No, I was singing Oh Holy Night at okay. the church. And the guy who's now my friend, who's in Hollywood, uh-huh. a producer in Hollywood, saw that performance. Uh-huh. And he just kept sending me emails like, oh, you tore my song up. And then on Sunday, it was like, okay, now you didn't tore my song up again. You need to call me. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know who this guy is. This is crazy, but I'll call. I called the number. He picked up the phone and I said, hey, this is Deidre. And he just started crying. Wow. I was like, what happened? So that was a situation where I said, okay, the Lord is at work here. Mm. And he, as we spoke, he thought, okay, so you're more than a singer. I hear you speaking well yeah. and I, you're blessing me with yeah. what you're saying. So you should do a podcast. Mm. And I said, <laughs> I said, a podcast. Do people listen to those? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even know. <laughs> the podcast world is not one that I was even aware of. Yeah. And he said, what do you mean? Do people listen to podcasts? <laughs> I was like, is this a thing? Yeah. It's really a thing? Yeah. He said, go look it up. I was like, wow, my pastor has one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. And I had been doing devotions with Deidre, just posting them okay. like on Facebook yeah. years ago. Yeah. I would post them and people like, we love your devotions. Yeah. So I just said, okay, I'll just translate that and just put it in podcast form. Yeah. That's how it started. And it is blessing the people. We love it. We love it. Keep it going. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so when when can we expect your album? Do you have a I don't have frame? a date. I don't no. have a time frame. I'm praying. I was like, Lord. Yeah. He'll tell you. Uh, he's know. gonna tell me when he's gonna be tell I'm working on some other things too right yeah. now. So but we um I it just makes me nervous every time he asks me to do a record. Really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. know that you still get nervous. Like you're yes, still, <laughs> you're still human out here. Oh yeah, it's like I can feel it down my stomach. You know, it's just you. Just, I think part of it is I just, I just don't want to miss God. I mm-hmm. just want to do what He wants. Yeah, and it's so easy to get you in it. Yeah, it's a challenge to just keep it pure as to what God wants. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge that I've, I'm facing at this stage is that when you're working with people, everybody has so much input. Everybody has a, you know, their idea mm-hmm. of what you should be doing. Right. And my greatest challenge is, is taking it all in and then shutting it down and saying, okay, God, what, what yeah. do you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I consider it. Mm-hmm. And then I say, but God, what do you want? Yeah. That's the biggest challenge I face now. Yeah. Well, we know (laughs) it's going to be amazing when it comes together. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dave. This conversation has been like... Thank you. Mind-blowing. I can't wait for everybody to hear it and get like (laughs) the goosebumps that I have gotten today. (laughs) We love you. I'm like, girl, fanning out over you, even though I know you, but I just love you You every time I see you. I know. I don't care. I don't care. I'm still a fan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And congratulations on the beautiful baby. Thank you. I need to go get her now. She's probably driving Jesse crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you. We can wrap this up. This is amazing. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. So bye, girls. Bye. I hope y'all enjoyed. Bye, girls. Bye. (laughs) This was so good.